This is an independent podcast. Nathan here. We're proud to have Syntax Strategic as our sponsor. Syntax, led by entrepreneur Jennifer Stewart, is an all-female Canadian public relations and marketing firm that believes in supporting people like us dudes, those who want to tell stories of others and make the world a little bit better and brighter. My name is Eliza Reed. I'm a writer and first lady of Iceland. And this is my interview with the interview dudes. So what's it like in Iceland and what's your favorite thing to do in Iceland? That is a great question, Jack, but it's also a difficult question really to describe. But Iceland is a beautiful country. It's an island in the North Atlantic. And we don't have very many trees here, but we have a lot of beautiful mountains and valleys and volcanoes. And there's a lot of fun things to do here. One of the most fun things is to go to an outdoor swimming pool. We have a lot of those here, even though we're really close to the Arctic Circle, because we have a lot of natural hot water in the ground. So we put that all into these great swimming pools that are outside. Some of them have lots of slides and some of them don't, but it's a great way to hang out with your friends and have some fun too. Nice. So you you were born in Ottawa, but then decided to become a writer in Iceland. What made you want to go to Iceland and become a writer? Well, I didn't necessarily want to plan to do that. It just happened by accident, actually. I moved to England after I finished university to go and do a master's degree. And there was a student there from Iceland who became my husband. And I kind of cheated in a contest to win a date with him. And little did I know that that date would lead to us falling in love and then moving to Iceland. And then once we moved to Iceland, that was when I decided to start working first for magazines. And then um, and then I published my first book this year. So you're a patron for many organizations. Can you tell us about one and what they do? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the great things about being getting to serve as first lady of the country is, as you say, I'm patron of the organizations, which means that I get to somehow use the, the publicity that my presence generates for some events to bring attention to important causes. So one of the ones is an organization called Pieta House, which is based on an Irish model, and it's all about suicide prevention and people and support for families and for people who uh, who are at risk of, of suicide and a sort of 24-hour crisis line for them. And that's something they're doing really important work. Your new book came out, Secrets of the Spracker, Ken, mm-hmm. about Iceland's extraordinary women. Can you tell us about it and how the world can learn from it? Yeah, so it's called, as you said, Secrets of the Sprakar, and Sprakar is an old Icelandic word that means extraordinary women, um, but it's really kind of my love letter to my adopted country. It's it's all about how, um, it says how Iceland's women are changing the world, because this is the country in the world, it, I, if you can't believe it, there's no countries in the world where men and women are really equal within society. There's all these inequalities, whether that's to do with pay or education levels or, or treatment. But Iceland's the closest in the world to getting the most equal. And so the book is kind of a, a fun and lighthearted look at what it's like to be 
uh, a woman in Iceland, whether you are a politician or a mom or or a writer or a soccer player or something like that. And and hopefully it's a fun and, and sort of casual, casual look at this. And it tells a little bit of the story of, of serving as first lady as well, uh, which is kind of a unique experience. What was the experience of co-founding the Iceland Writers Retreat? The Iceland Writers Retreat is an event that I started with my friend. Um, and we just had this idea because we really like to write both of us. And so we thought, well, let's create an event in Iceland where um, people from other countries can come to Iceland in this beautiful country and take writing classes. So if anybody likes to write, whether they're writers or just have a hobby, they come and take these writing classes with famous authors. And then we also show them cool things in Iceland, like the geysers and the waterfalls. And we have a pub night with music and all those sorts of things. So it's like we we call it um, cultural tourism for people. But it's really fun to get to meet people from around the world every year and um, and and show them all the fun things about Iceland. Yeah, I, I really like the name. It really like pull, pulls me in. So what was the craziest and your favorite piece of news that you when you working for the publication organization? Gosh, that's, you know, you get a lot of crazy news. The craziest news thing I can think of actually wasn't a piece that I worked on, but that was on the headlines when I was working on things. And that was that there was reports at first of um, a missing tourist in Iceland, which sounds very bad. There was a, a group traveling on a bus uh, looking at this glacier lagoon. And when everybody went to get back on the bus, they were one person short. And then they, they, so they, they sent all the other people on the bus to go out and look for them. And then it turns out that one of the people on the tour had taken her big, brightly colored jacket off in the car. And she was the person that people thought were missing. So the tourist was actually looking for herself. And they found out um, after about an hour that they were like, oh, she said, oh, I left my my jacket on the bus. It's me you're looking for. So that that was kind of a funny story in the end. Wow. Yeah. So are there any food places or tourist attractions that you would recommend to anyone visiting Iceland? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to do here. If you like the outdoors, if you like horseback riding or whale watching or anything like that, or hiking and skiing, there's all those kinds of things. We have really great swimming pools, like I mentioned, which are really good for people of all ages. You can go and go inside a glacier in this big glacial tenor, tunnel. You can also go places where you see real lava being shown inside a, inside a venue. So you sit inside and they kind of pour the lava onto the steam and in terms of food everybody says the Icelandic hot dogs are really good um but we've got really good lamb because they send out the lamb we have more sheep in the country than people and they are like free range over the summer and then everybody goes and collects them in the fall so they the the lamb meat tastes really good and you know because we're an island we have a lot of really delicious fish and things and finally with food I would say and I think you can get it in Canada now. It's something called Skier. It's like a yogurt product, but um, it's a little bit healthier for you. It's got no fat in it and it's really high in protein. So that's an Icelandic food. I know that doesn't Iceland have a really big volcano? Are people yeah. allowed to go and look at that and visit? That's a great question. So we have a lot of volcanoes in Iceland and we never know, you know when they're going to erupt. 
And last year we had a volcanic eruption. It stopped now, but it was really near the airport, not in a dangerous way at all, but in a way that tourists could go and, and hike up and see it. Um, and that eruption has stopped now. But, you know, you can certainly walk up now and see the lava fields and that sort of thing. And uh, and as long as as long as people are very safe, obviously, they're still volcanoes. They can be very beautiful to watch. What would a tourist expect to see on the Golden Circle Drive? So the Golden Circle is um, it's it's kind of not really a circle. It's more like a diamond shape, but sort of a day trip that you can do from Reykjavik, the capital. And there's lots of little stops that you can do, but the the three main stops that people know about are this waterfall called Gullfoss, which means the Golden Falls, which is a huge and beautiful waterfall. Um, And we have these geysers that erupt um, every couple of minutes that you can go and see. And you really see this area where the water is like bubbling up under the earth um, while you're standing there. And the third thing is a place called Thingvetlir National Park, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it's not only important historically because it's the place where the old parliaments used to meet in Iceland, but it's actually a place where the North American and the European tectonic plates are separating. So if you remember back to the school lessons that the world is sitting on all these different tectonic plates that are moving around, and that's what causes mountain ranges and earthquakes, we are living in Iceland at a spot where they're separating, which means that Iceland is actually getting bigger by a couple of centimeters each year. So you, there's another spot in Iceland where you can walk between Europe and North America, geologically speaking. Wow. Can you describe to me Iceland's beauty? I know that I'm a writer. It's just so hard to describe Iceland's beauty. <laughs> I, I would encourage everybody to go and see it for themselves or take a look because it is really, um, a lot of people use the word um, otherworldly because we have some places, these lava fields, some people say it looks like the moon and we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of trees, but we do have beautiful moss covered lava fields and black sand beaches and glaciers and uh, the volcanoes and amazing fjords with these deep mountains and, and villages right at the bottom of the fjords. And it is a very if you if you're on Instagram a lot, Iceland is a good place to visit and go on Instagram. So. What countries have you visited because of being the First Lady of Iceland? And is there a country that you'd like to visit in the future? I think I'd like to visit every country in the future. Um, I love traveling and, and it's been such an honor to serve as First Lady that I have visited quite a few countries in that capacity from uh, most recently or quite recently, we were in the UK for Queen Elizabeth II's funeral um, and we go on state visits. We've been to many European countries for that, Slovakia, Slovenia, Finland, uh, Denmark. We've also traveled to Greenland. I've been to Japan, Jordan, Oman, United States, of course. Um, but where else would I like to go if I could go anywhere? I, you know, I've never been south of the equator, so I would love to travel anywhere south of the equator. And I love to travel in general. But I think if I was going to say one country now, maybe India. I've never been to India. And I think that would be very, very interesting to visit. There's one thing in India that I'd like to visit. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's in India. It's like this statue and it's like the tallest statue in the world. And it's something like, I don't know, 700 feet tall. 
something yeah. crazy. I don't know. I think there's so much stuff they say that you can see in India, you know, that you really need to be there for a long, long time, or you just have to take two weeks and be in a really tiny area and focus on it. But there's so many things in the world to see, aren't there? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the Statue of Unity, 600 feet tall. All right. Sounds mm. fantastic. So do you know what causes the Northern Lights and what is the best uh, time and place to see them in Iceland? So I'm I'm going to confess to you, I, I knew you were going to maybe ask me or I thought you were going to ask me about the Northern Lights because it's a popular thing, but I had to Google what causes them because I'm not a physicist and I'm going to read you what I found on Google, which says that they are elect- electrically charged particles from space entering atmosphere at high speed. What that really means is there are these beautiful uh, light shows of nature that we see in the sky. And, you know, I've actually seen them from Ottawa, where I grew up, when you're in the countryside and there's no light pollution. But the closer that you are to the north, the more likely you are to see them. And you're most likely to see them, of course, between the months of September to April and even mostly around the equinoxes. So September, October, March, April are sort of the best months. It needs to be kind of cold, crispy, cold and clear, because if you have clouds, you can't see them and um, and you just have to be lucky. But they're beautiful. And Iceland is one of the best places in the world to see the northern lights. If you come at that time of year, uh, there's still no guarantees, but they're absolutely stunning to witness. So I got a lot of things on my bucket list. So, okay, Iceland. How is it? Did you ever get like dropped off like a helicopter? Because that's on my bucket list. Is it? Is it dropping out? <laughs> like yeah, and then going skiing too. Yeah, the heli skiing. I you know I've never gone heli skiing um, because I'm a little bit scared of that kind of thing. But I think it's great for people who aren't afraid of things like me. I, um, I've heard great things about it, and there is really good skiing here especially in the north of the country. And there's amazing hiking. So um, you can do multi-day hikes that I've done before where you go up, you know, and you just have a backpack with um, all your food and everything, or you can camp, but you can even do small hikes. I remember the very first year that I lived here, we drove maybe 40 minutes outside of town to a and there, there's lots of natural hot springs in the hills. And you can walk up um, this hill maybe for an hour or so. It's not a difficult hike. And then they have creeks running through the mountains. But the water in the creeks is about 40 degrees Celsius. So you can hike all the way up. And then you just get changed into a bathing suit. And you sit in the creek. And it's very, very cool. Do you know why, yeah, why is it right. 40 degrees? Well, the water under the earth, there's a lot of natural hot water. And it comes up, you know, sometimes it's boiling water or steam, and then it cools down as it's in the in the warm area. So this is just an area where the water has come up, wherever it's come out, it's even it's even hotter than this area. It's like 40 degrees, which is perfect for people to sit in. And one last thing on my bucket list. Yeah. Have you seen like a whale like jumping? Because I think there's whale watching in like Iceland. There is, there is, there's lots of whale watching and I have been whale watching only twice, but both times I've seen whales because they know exactly where to go to look for where the whales are. I haven't seen like one of those huge whales like you see in some pictures and things, but they are in any case, large and impressive. And there's also dolphins and we have a lot of puffins here so that you can see a lot of of sea creatures when you go whale watching in Iceland. It's really cool. Have you seen one like, 
jump out the water and go and like splash and make a huge not not quite you see on like marine land ads or something like that you know that's but people do i mean i have seen other people's photographs from whale watching trips it's like the northern lights you know it just depends on uh on the day and, and what kind of whales are around yeah i guess it's quite rare thanks for coming on the podcast it was a pleasure interviewing you pack fitted me that means thanks for inviting me in icelandic this podcast is hosted by the interview dudes, Jack Charon, Nathan Cox, and Ben Peters. Produced by James Charon. Music by Kevin McLeod at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-T-E-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening.